can help your uh, founders to unlock this next level of the company, right? Mm. So this is, um, mm. yeah, this is almost like a play in a video game, you know, like until you uh, get past the level one boss, you can't get to the level two challenges. So this is uh, this is basically the way how I see it. So as lean as possible. And um, so if you can collaborate with the point. external providers... Uh-huh. Exactly. So two two points. Product owner needs to be really hands on. It doesn't really make sense. The product lead is not hands on, and exactly. then as soon as 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 much as possible, work with external provider because you don't have a business model. It's, everything is yeah. up in the air. You don't. Hmm, that's exactly. very smart. Yeah, it's just like you need hmm. to you need to keep yourself lean, right? So that you could um, so that you could survive as long as as, as possible, right? And then in this case, like even working with them, um, uh, even working with with external providers, I would get more creative there. There are design agencies that would take equity in exchange, uh, like if you don't have cash, um, equity in exchange of of the work that they will deliver to help you to validate your. Um, um, to validate uh, your um, your hypothesis, like, and to help you to build the um, the. Yarek, um, uh... Aisha, Vera, two episodes every week. Leancast, product innovation and UX design podcast. Cool, um, Alice. Um, so, uh, so we were talking about how so VP of product and a surfer how. Does these two come along? How is that possible? I think it sounded like the two worlds just do not somehow like exist in one picture. Uh, I think with the remote work, you you can actually make that happen, right? But um, yeah, it is indeed. Uh, I even had like I used to introduce myself like that I am a product as uh, a surfer inside and a product manager outside. And when I say surfing, <laughs> I really talk about I really talk about the uh, the ocean wave surfing, right? I think like here in Germany there is uh, there is a different understanding of like what surfing could be, and um, uh, and very oftenly considering windsurfing as as a surfing, but this is not. This is not the jam that I have tried, not yet at least. And uh, yeah, I I'm I do I'm I'm really like a passionate surfer, I would say, which started roughly uh, from uh, me joining the startup world. I mean, I think it's it kind of like coexisted uh, back. I think uh, I started surfing or like I discovered surfing for myself in 2015 with my first trip to Portugal, which is a horrible place to start with surfing because the ocean is just so freaking cold. And the good thing is like it can only get better from that. Right. And then uh, when I continued my my adventure surfing in Bali and also in California, South Africa, uh, which is also not not really uh, not, not very warm, uh, right? It uh, it all like just went up from there. Uh, yeah. Was there a, like a like incident during your surfing that you were like, oh, oh oh, I don't know how to handle this? For sure. Actually, I I do see many many parallels in product management and or generally like in entrepreneurship and startup life um, and also oh like uh, in relationship with the ocean and also with surfing. Especially my favorite one is when in doubt 
paddle out. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all about like gathering the data, um, right? To make the right decision where to enter, like how to get to the right spot at which point in time. So it's all about timing, um, right? Not only like when to start, but like when to take off. And uh, there is a lot of I think like a lot of analogies with the business as well. And also while you are like, while you are riding the wave, right. Already thinking about what, what's the next one, when is the right point to exit it? And like, uh, how can you make sure that you can uh, serve the next wave, right. Which is also in business. Like while you are yeah. riding the hype of the existing business model, like how will it actually transform in the future? So there is like Sometimes I'm just sitting there in the lineup and like thinking about all this, all this deep thoughts and merging the, uh, the world of a product management and uh, also the, the surfing itself. But back to your question, it was, I think the most, um, the most abusive relationship with the ocean i had uh, during my time in maldives and of course that was also um sort of uh, not my uh, mistake uh, but definitely the conditions um that that were there at that time and they are basically more for professionals and with me uh, being a workaholic and a surfer you know you kind of have to choose one and uh, I'm so far like doubling down on work more than on my surfing unfortunately and uh, that's uh, of course like Maldives uh, is the place where it takes your surfing uh, to like a very 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 challenging um, challenging place especially during the summer season and that's when I never experienced that the power of the way so I think somehow like every place like all the continents that I've been surfing be um, uh, uh, surfing before it was somehow I, I just never was hit that much by the way but like when when in August you are on Maldives and you are not in the right spot and this is uh, this is not your wave and you fall, then it it's quite heavy. <laughs> it's it really goes like it's you know it's like the wall of concrete is is kind of like smashing you, and uh, yeah, quite uh, quite interesting lessons that you get out of it. Um, that's but of intense course, never 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 losing the passion right uh, who never um <laughs> uh, who never falls never rises so uh that's um that but that was like a, a base that was an experience that made me rethink and and actually it was also quite positive for me in terms of uh me being more dedicated to putting the work during the dry season for me in terms of like not being in the ocean and uh, that was a time when I came back to Berlin and uh, and started my work with um uh with a with a swimming instructor where actually before like my swimming was you know um, I'm I'm generally fit and like I go to the gym three to four times sometimes five times a week but uh, understanding that like that water is a totally different ecosystem and that your body when emerging this ecosystem it, it just behaves differently like your your feet you're not that um if you're not used to it uh, you basically um have to start from the um uh, step number uh, minus one uh, or zero and in order to reduce <laughs> this uh, this uh, adaptation curve i 
I started with like with a serious lessons on uh, paddling and like learning how to f- do the how to work on my stroke, how to um, how to master the freestyle um, um, uh, in swimming in order to yeah in order to come to the ocean more prepared, you know, doing my homework and uh, as as Will Smith says, uh, if you're ready, you don't need time to get ready, and that's exactly where I'd like to be, uh, right? Uh, just grabbing the surfboard and go right there, not 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 needing the time to to get ready to get up to speed. That's but, right. You know, it's a life it's a lifelong hobby. I'm not, uh, no, I'm not time boxing myself on this one. Oh, that's really great. That's really, when you have a long term view on something that really helps you. When whenever I don't do like workout, I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel bad. But when I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do workout till probably the last day of my existence, then I can relax a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit more disciplined on this one. <laughs> if it's <laughs> if it's if it's a swimming and if it's a, the only, especially in the pandemic during the pandemic, right? Like we had a really weird opening times for the for the pools because the time slot was so um, yeah, just like so random. And the only one that worked for me was in the morning, and that was six thirty or something like the the, the pool would just um, uh, open at six, right? And then if you want to make it, you have to wake up at five or five thirty. And uh, yeah, I was quite dedicated, you know, gained quite some time back in the morning <laughs> after like having those having those days uh, when going to the workout and uh, and swimming. Yeah, uh, you are a, a VP of product. At Gopal's, right, intense work, and you have a yeah. very intense sport as a hobby. Do you see any correlation here? Actually, like sport, I think the reason why I can survive and uh, excel in my job, and also in uh, <laughs> in, in this intense environment, uh, is because I get this energy from the intense sport. I don't think that like a classic I have nothing against yoga I'm also practicing that but I don't think that I would get that much of the energy uh from the um, uh from from like a milder activities so it's it's really I actually don't know how exactly that works but I need probably like spending so much so much energy at work I also need like a significant amount of endorphins like um going my way and doing some intense workouts or maybe this is just like my preference but for me it's not about yeah it's not about just you know nice to have I really need to work out in order to stay top notch at my job yeah yeah, no, some people 100%. need sleep. <laughs> Say it again. No, 100%. Like, I think, like, whenever, like, you have this intense job and you get, absorb a lot of stress. Yeah, and you need and to bring your You need to, like, release it. Exactly. And this is this is also, like, touching on the, like, topic of their leadership in a startup, right? In a startup environment. And that's why it, it's, it's actually very turbulent environment, right? And that's, like, where you need your energy, right? Not only to execute, mm. but also to inspire that and, and inspire others. And so you need to give a lot of energy. So how do you get that back to yourself, right? And uh, for me, <laughs> the love language of this <laughs> is the body. Um, right, and that's how I get this energy that I can later then transform and also um, give out to the world. 
Alice, you have a very fascinating story starting with GoPause and like also your background as well. I was in the Product Summit conference, so I heard your um, speak. Would you be so kind to walk us through your background? From your, you have a very long journey in the startup field. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be the story would not be complete uh, if we start actually pre-startup. Um, pre-startup times and that so I started my career as a QA engineer so quality assurance engineer in tech um, right and uh, I started at EPUM systems so which is right now is one of the largest uh, tech solutions providers in the world I think when I joined them they were huge there were 15,000 employees all over the world but right now they're like something around 65k right and when you join the company at this level of maturity uh what is what was particular about uh about epam system was that they they put a lot of effort in like uh really outlining the processes so like any kind of processes, onboarding mm. processes, activating processes, client acquisition processes, right, delivery processes. So as it was, uh, as it is, uh, like a giant agency, right. So it was a lot about like the client work and this uh, excellence of like basically of the future project dependent on the excellence of the uh, of the existing like or past projects, right? So that's why um, the company was was very very particular about that, and that's when they so i got like a really extensive exposure to this environment and also training uh in order to to get to that level um that i um that i can perform uh for for like doing the client work um and of course like in my domain and quality assurance but also um they really were great in terms of educating us outside of their of that world right so if you need to do this, you need to um, you need to be able to kind of like have that level of domain knowledge, and that's what it did really well. So that's where uh, that's when I fell in love with the processes, and then um, three three years later, um, uh, like while while being um, while doing my job, I won a scholarship, so I uh, mm. a grant from German government to study. Uh, in Germany, uh, my master's. So I went to Germany, and then of course, like I found myself in a totally different environment of German academia world, and that was like wow, so 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 different uh, from uh, from my uh, from from my job, from my startup experience, from agile, and that was like from week one. I wouldn't say day one, but like <laughs> week one. <laughs> Let's be objective here, right? From week one, I just understand, okay, I want to go back to tech world as soon as possible. So let's get into this master and and finish it as fast as possible. So I was not optimizing on the like performance in the studies. I was really optimizing on the time I spend there so that I can actually go back and do my the jobs that I love and to work in the environments that I love. Um, so prior to that, I was thinking, well, maybe investment bank banking could be something for me. No, um, that was like clear, such, such a clear no to me. And uh, of course, like took two years, right? So that because of, like that's how the like how long the, the programs are in here in Germany, but uh, uh, to validate that, of course. 
but then um, as soon as I was out, I was applying to I was applying to the jobs in in tech and moved to Berlin uh, right right away. Uh, so and then that's when my uh, that's when like I think during I didn't actually like apply that much. I think I sent out um, resumes to a couple of companies uh, and. Uh, and uh, two of them like started the processes with me, and one of them was Project mm-hmm. A, and the other one um, I don't actually remember was, like the name was the other one. It was Outer One. Yeah, it was Outer One. Oh yeah, and, okay, and, okay. And then I got I got offers from both, and that was uh, and I think Outer One was more focusing on the like on QA, and there was more possibilities to grow into the quality assurance and automation, right? And it was like a quite established startup, so safe bad and then project a and operational vc in europe um which is trouble (laughs) and an exposure to like many more startups right so that was something that like having an access to a possibility to actually work with many different companies and um and to elevate their their software development and i joined as a qa engineer um that was uh, that was something that was like more compelling to me in terms of like opportunities that that will unlock and uh, that's how i started and i no kidding like couple months into the job i just realized i had such a reality check on what software development in startups world actually means and it is. It was such. I even wrote an article about that. It was such a different world compared to the world of a professional software development, where like when I worked with the clients, so like Thomson Reuters, PTC, um, you know, like where the cost of a bug of mistake is just too high for the company, right? Like we're talking about the software that is used by Volkswagen to uh, to design their uh, the, the blueprints uh, behind the machines, right? So like a TV5, for example. And it was, uh, so there, the, the size of the quality assurance department on a project would be 30 people, right? When in the startup wow. world, 30, 30 people is a whole is a whole team, right? It's your business development, it's your software development, it's your marketing, it's your design, it's everybody, you know. And it's like we're talking about the Series A, so I'm not talking about the cases when, like, just two founders are raising, um, are raising um, round on a pitch deck, right? So this is that's how like the, the different. Uh, the the worlds the two worlds were so different and the major major disappointment i think for me was that quality assurance in back then in um, we're talking about 2016 2017 right quality assurance was not a thing in startup world here in um, absolutely in, in germany so all of a sudden instead of you know, focusing on the quality of the product that the company is building, what I had to do is like to convince and most like like normally founders and like CTOs that this is actually something worth investing in, you know, like <laughs> that was such a different like paradigm uh, for me and such a mental model shift. So 
I I felt I felt rather frustrated and uh, and underutilized and and generally the way how like how quality assurance is performed in the statums and what like what needs to what are the benchmarks right what are the thresholds and qualities that needs to be achieved were so underwhelming then I was like wow <laughs> all right so is I need to change the domain like uh, if I need to go back to uh, leave the startup world and uh, focus on my career uh, in the corporate world, right? Like where this is, there is an opportunity to develop, like to develop my skills and in in large companies, there is a whole like the whole line, um, like the vertical line to ladder to climb um, for the quality assurance, right? You can be like a leader, manager, and uh, so it's it's highly recognized and important profession and here in the startup world it was like um basically it was non-existent and um so i um luckily the people who i worked with were um were very open and also had like capacity and like um um also like invested in understanding like my my background and like what i had to say and like my reasoning and we found uh, together with with my uh, backs and boss uh, uh, with my manager um, at Project A, that there would be actually an opportunity for me with a coaching to um, to join the product management, and that's how I became a product manager. Mm. Yeah, and that was actually very very smooth shift for me because I already worked, so I already use a whole the, the concept in terms of especially on the delivery side right i was i was part of the development team right so i knew mm. uh, the language and I, I knew the language and i spoke the language um uh, uh, of the developers i need i knew the pain points right uh, as i as a qa like we're very detail oriented right and we need like in order to perform the qa you also have to put yourself in the shoes of the customer right so i also yeah. um uh, this empathy, right? That you that you come with as a QA, um, uh, right? This is also integral part of the job. So, which I which which was a transferable skill. I didn't know back then that it was, but it actually ended up to be so. And that's how I, um, yeah. So I did have to learn, of course, significantly, especially on the on the discovery side, um, right? Uh-huh. So if the delivery side was not an issue. Uh, then I had to, uh, I had to level up on the discovery, and that's where, um, that's uh, when I learned from. Like I will be very honest, I learned on the job, right? And I also learned on the uh, from my colleagues and from the past projects that I've done, observing also like collaborating with with the product managers, um, alike. So that's how the transition happened. <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, so that's uh, that led me to the product management chapter in, uh, right. in Project B. And there I had every year, like I had two to three engagements with different startups and I spent there five years. So um, uh, like our engagements was rather like on the longest side of things. So uh, I think up to two, six to nine months uh, with the venture, which is a significant amount of time to really to um to deploy wow. the greenfield um product like we did with um with home day um that that became uh, the future 
uh, the future platforms that they um, that actually that they were building upon. Um, uh, also, same we did with um, Evernest when when developing their uh, real estate platform. Uh, which was also very data oriented um, uh, on that side, um, exactly. And then also like the um, a bunch of uh, brownfield uh, uh, brownfield products, and uh, yeah, that's basically all hands on, right? Uh, jumping into the domain. That's how I became domain agnostic because very very fast yeah. you learn that domain knowledge is something that you can acquire while on the job and uh, so and you can still deliver value uh, while building that domain knowledge um, part so yeah and uh, here i am at uh, gopulse so what a great opportunity for you to be at project a venture for five years if i'm not Right, wrong right yeah and like every some months you work on one product another product it's just such right. a unique opportunity for product absolutely. owner wow wow you hit the jackpot absolutely and that was something so uh, in essence right uh, when you look at project a um they they have say investment arm right uh, which is like the fund itself like uh, deploying the capital to the prominent um, startups um they started with like series a but now it's actually pretty much also pre-seed and seed um uh, uh, investments and then we have like this operational team uh, of 100 uh, uh, now 140 uh, team members that are coming from different domains and uh, that is like it's it's really a truly privileged place to be there um, right of course uh, it's it's quite an intensive job but it's very rewarding experience um, to have the exposure to that many startups that's why i think people who come from the agency world or like work in the agency world where you are exposed to different um to different engagements to different projects to work with different companies so i could definitely say that um one year at such a company is equal to two to three um years um 100%. standing in, like in a in a in a different company so that's a hundred percent um like that so it's i'm so really was- grateful for that opportunity at project Alice, what, yeah. what, what kind of thing you look into whenever you take on a new project at project a venture like you know um as you know i don't want you to go detail because of nda and stuff but like typically when you start working with the startup you know where do you, where would you start like you know if for product manager who are listening to this podcast yeah so this is like uh of course Project A, like um, product management job, is is very unique in a sense that um, that it is limited to the portfolio companies, right? So, and and this is this is a very you could call it a boutique agency, right? That is only available for the uh, for the limited uh, limited number of companies uh, into which Project A invested, Project A fund invested, um, so. Whenever we look uh, into the ventures, uh, right, or like um, uh, where we seek engagement and uh, where like offer support, um, it all depends at which stage the company is right now, right? What what do they need? Right. And when we're like talking about the pre-seed and seed, this is normally um, a building 
something from scratch, right? So that's what we call the greenfield, right? And that, that's pretty much um, everything from product vision and product um, strategy and, um, and MVP building and uh, rolling out this first version of product and then gaining the, uh, the insights from the customers. Right. However, uh, when you when you join the already the established um, um, company, like for example, Zender. When I joined Zender, uh, they were three hundred people, and the company da- tripled in size over the next three months uh, via this two uh, um, merger and acquisitions uh, initiative wow. that happened by uh, Zender acquiring Everroad and uh, also um, buying the buying out the uh, European uh, logistic business of Uber. Right. Um, so and there normally there is a specific pain that the company experiences. And, and my, my engagement there was to um, uh, to uh, make uh, to adopt the existing platform to as so that it can scale uh, for the solution of a, of a joint venture with Zende Italia. Um, right. So where the company uh, basically used to so Zender. Um, normal carriers would use to have like I don't know x number of loads, right? But then uh, for the Italians, they would actually look at ten x of those, right? And how do you make sure that the solution can scale? And if it wasn't built like this in from the very beginning, right? In with this scalability in mind, then it's it's a, it can be like very challenging. Okay, how do you make sure that or like what adoptions you need to make in order to make sure that scalability um, right. actually happens um, at mm. this later stage in mind so this is i would say uh, when the older the company is then the more niche um issues um you as a product manager um need to concentrate on to uh, basically right. to deliver to deliver the value to the company mm. and to its users right unless we're talking about the pivoting case right where it's very clear, and I think um, that exactly what happened also to like to Home Day. Uh, so they started as a uh, as one business model, or like project they invested uh, into one uh, type of business, and very soon they realized, okay, they're not getting the, tra- the traction that they need in order to secure the next investment route. So how can they pivot? So, and that's of course like then uh, you um, you focus on on finding like a new a new business model a new case. How do you, can you as a company deliver value um, to the market? Okay, wow. Okay, it's it must be really tough to work like in the last example that you said. You have to pivot. Investors they want to see growth. They want to see growth to be able to put in another some millions to fund your next round. And that operating under that level of stress in that environment is not easy. I've been in those environments and I, I'm really admire, like, like you sit here, talk about all of this with such a, like a calm voice, but boy, oh boy, it must be hell to be sort of like navigating those waters, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, For sure. Uh, for sure, right? Because when when we're talking about the survival of the company, right, like the the survival of the company um, is at stake. You know, you're battling for life, not not a person's life, but a company's life. But still, it is uh, it is uh, 
it is very challenging. And I'm like more, even more than the team members, um, especially the ones, the, the early ones who like are really committed to the company. Um, um, huge respect to the founders to navigate those, right? And sometimes they would understand, they would see this, uh, especially like if they're visionary founders on the team, they would sense it much earlier and see this, this coming much earlier, right? But they cannot talk about it to the team yeah, because they don't want to generate, yeah. to generate uh, panic, right and uh, and how how do you go to sleep like that you know that that's uh, that that's also very very challenging so um, i have a huge respect to all the founders to um anybody who basically decided to not only like to become an entrepreneur but also like set up their own business and that's you probably as a business owner right you you can also like chip in but uh, this is the amount of risks that you take and um, uh, on an everyday basis um, is quite significant so i would love to talk a bit about your current role it's a very i've so for those who don't know, we had a product summit conference a few weeks back and Alice was gracious enough to be one of the our keynote speakers. And sort of she broke down some some of the things that she implemented at Go um uh, Go Pulse uh, as I think you were the first product executive that you joined. So I would yeah. love um for you for you to sort of like walk us through your journey and would be so curious about how you sort of like define the role of a leader and like act of leadership in sort of like navigating waters for scaling startups like GoPass as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. So first of all, and not only I joined as an as an uh, the first product executive, I generally joined as a first product I see individual contributor uh, to the company. Oh my goodness, that's even worse. <laughs> so you basically ground zero type situation. Almost, almost, right? So that was when I joined uh, when I joined GoPulse and back then it was first A, and we can talk about this a little bit later. But when I joined first A, um, there were we were like 15 10 15 team members right so we're working in factories is like one of those apartments that turned into offices um so it's very very early stage and there was no there was no product there was no qa there was no um design um not even that um right no user research and uh, so and and i came with a fancy and really shiny title right and uh, VP product, but I think <laughs> what is what is really important for everybody to understand a VP in an in an early stage startup, it's actually the person who is also doing the work, right, and who is like laying the path um, with a with a process and and the work that they do for the as a foundation for like building up the team. Right, and uh, that was that was basically essentially my job. Right, so as a as a VP product, I was uh, I was a very normal individual contributor who uh, was gaining the domain knowledge about healthcare and the quick uh, quick commerce market, and also the consumer side of the business. Um, right, as well as a, as a 
uh, um, uh, B2B side of the business and um, uh, also like alongside working on the product uh, strategy and and vision uh, together with the founders. I was also the one who um, was doing pretty much line line jobs as uh, as hosting standups for for my for for the for the engineering team was which was also to be hired um uh, right so we we first started like working with them um, uh with the freelancers and that was um that was basically the start of it right i was uh, i was designing i was producing the first designs and redesigns effort in figma oh my goodness Exactly, and I was the one who was checking the quality uh, of the features that that the uh, engineers implemented, and uh, uh, yeah, and of course also did the discovery for that one too, um, right? So I think like the first and this all alone, and I think that was uh, that was like a quite. Uh, quite tough time uh like it was quite tough time because i think not because of the workload that i normally had right and that was basically i was doing the job of uh, uh for 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 20 for, people yes. <laughs> at least in the beginning right if we just like uh, incorporate all them all the domains but uh, yeah definitely um uh, it was i was missing a team a lot and that was and and the good thing that that was also the mission um uh, like uh, one of their uh, one of the values that i was supposed to provide uh, to um uh, to go to first day and now go pulse uh, is to build the team and hire the team and that's what what we uh, what uh what we did <laughs> there were also no uh, talent management processes right so that also had to be implemented and that's when all this hands-on experience that i accumulated over the um over the my years mm. at project a i think this that's what, yeah. what actually made it possible so i think if you can take anything out of it um is that especially like of product executives um and sure. startup founders is you should hire for like at the early stage you should really hire somebody who is capable to do the job you know like hands on the keyboard uh-huh. uh, this is crucial hiring an executive from a fancy company who is who Absolutely. never taught it doesn't work who never touched uh, the keyboard in the past, like, I don't know, even more than a year, um, doesn't make sense because uh, they will not be able to deliver the values that the company needs today. An early stage, you know, we know early stage, there is no budget, there is no time, everything needed to have happened yesterday, right? And uh, you basically, you need to do what what you what has to be done, right? If your company doesn't have a compelling website, then you were the one there to build it. And that's what I also did, like using Babflow, you know, uh, all nighter. And then we have, we have a, we have a like template based, uh, template based website that is definitely better than the previous version of it. And that's, that's the essence of the startup, like early stage startup job. You do what needs to be done. And it's you not know, about what the, you the role. Yeah. <sighs> Alice, yeah. you said exactly the same thing in the similar vein that Tressa Kane, director of product experience of Trevi Pay, 700 people organization, said, you both have are in the trenches and you don't give up on details because you are the VP of product or whatever. 
yeah. you know it's That's... actually it's i think i think leaders needs to not sit in their shiny office and say hey we are the leaders we should not be taking care of the details actually the devil is in the details exactly and the de- the, the um, i think the leadership is also about uh, is a lot to me about leading by example right how can mm. you how can you demand or like how can you expect somebody like be motivated if you are not that how can you expect them to um to do to go like extra mile if you are not doing that as well right so and this is uh, i really like this concept of um of amplified um you know the strengths and the weaknesses of the founders in the teams right. uh, and the, the concept is basically um if whatever whatever strength strong qualities uh, that founders have this will um this will amplify in the team so like basically will mm. be stronger and then also the weakness so will the weaknesses and i do believe that the same holds for the managers as well um so that's why it is important to recognize what are your strengths what are your weaknesses and how can you um actually work on them um together with the team and what you to be aware what you're passing on to the team um and that that is that is extremely important that's fascinating like you said that the weaknesses and the strengths of leaders will be amplified in the team right can you i i i think i have an understanding of it but can you elaborate how does the weakness of a leader amplify in a team so for example um let's let's take uh, um mm, let's take um um a product leader is very strong on the on the business side of things right so like they are um they are very strong on like on validating the business concept or like coming up with this business concept right and then so there there are certain things that they will care about right because they are, they are so good at at that and that is this so they will also sort of like spot the imperfections mm-hmm. of their teams and possibilities for their teams to grow in this um uh, in that domains right and that's why the, the feedback that they will provide will actually like just naturally be more fine-tuned to that strength that they have so they will be inclined to teach or like and coach the team in in this this, this excellence, and um, and of course, like with all the experience that you bring to the table, then what you uh, what you the, the the pitfall of this is you kind of you will calibrate the team the same way that, that you perform, and that's mm. why. Uh, that's why it is so important to have like the diverse teams in terms of not only the um not only the um uh, the background right uh, uh, but also like yeah um, uh, the background in terms of the like um domain knowledge execution right discovery um so and to know what are you hiring for right and ideally as a good leader mm-hmm. you would hire also to um uh, to to cover that the to basically to help the team to fit in their fill in the gaps right and to um uh cover that part somebody could be like very perfectly um you know like uh, data informed and data driven um 
but they would be lacking mm-hmm. on the vision side of things, right? On the, right. On the discovery side of things, and this is uh, this is something that uh, that is uh, that is important to like. First of all, realize what what are you good good at, right? What you're not so good at, and what your need your team, what the company needs to be good at, in terms of like makes makes the next uh, level up, right? And this is that's what I meant. <laughs> Uh, in your opinion, so I would like to sort of like, this is my curiosity, because, you know, you have the right person to ask this question. Yeah. Let's say we are you're dealing with a team of, founding team of three. Right. Right. That's exactly you've my situation. A, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic. fantastic. And then you've got, you've got a CTO, you've got a business guy, and you've got... Uh, I mean, the third person, I'm not sure. Let's say, let's say like a business, another business guy, two business guy, one, no, one CTO. And then you are at the pre-seed validation. No, let's say seed mm-hmm. validation, trying to see whether this idea would work. And then another scenario, same team, let's say they passed the validation phase and now they are, they are, re- they are having their first customers and they got to the revenue. And then they're seeing growth in their revenue and they're they're at the point that they can raise uh, Series A. So walk Mm -hmm. me through the team formation. If you were to pick your team for seed as a product leader and where you, if you were to pick your team as a product leader for Series A, how big your team would be in for these two scenarios and what kind of role would you pick? And I know it's a very general situation, but like, yeah. you know, if you were to like, you know, put your bet on, you know, number of teams and the roles, who would you pick and how many people? Yeah, uh, I think that, um, so let me summarize. So the first case is about pre-seed, right? So we're talking about pre um product market fit right maybe there is even no product exactly. yet um right so this is like what you called a pre-validation um uh, a pre-validation phase and then we have the second one is it a scale-up already so they have already seen the growth and stuff and like and how would i imagine the team uh, based like team yeah. structure in both ways yeah. all right as yeah. you mentioned that uh, so in in this equation right uh, at gopals i also uh, manage the engineering part right so in your case that let's take it out of the equation because you we have a cto and um let's uh, um let's have an assumption that CTOs and is covering all the engineering uh, engineering management part um, and uh, manages fully the engineering stream, right? So um, when we're talking about the pre-seed, what is important is to start small. You are, uh, wow. so the company is on the... Um, uh, on uh, like um, and that's what just the nature of pre-seeds they just do not have money they do not have time they're like they need something fast and uh, so mm. I would actually like the team uh, the team would would be, would be very 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 lean so you oh, maybe yeah. you would not even need to hire like 
your design function and the product function right away because you just do not have this um, the, um, the 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 validation um, in place, right? So the business model is 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 still in design, or say there is already mm. a business model, right? And there are some some good ideas and. Um, so we will be building the MVP, and I think for the uh, for the product leader, it's it's also very important to um, to be there and uh, also either hands on or like to have your first product manager, um, so that you together um, together bring the like this the first version of the product to help the company validate uh, its um, assumptions and hypotheses, right? Or Got it. need even to help them develop the hypothesis. What do we need to validate in order to make sure we can close this next round, right? When you are in a startup world, it's all about it's it's like it's a it's like in the sports you 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 need to have the team that will help you perform good in this season, right? And we are talking about like say the season is like a year, right, or two years, or three years, right? And this and the season the, the length of the season is the, the is defined by the runway that you have, uh, how much money uh, do you okay. have in the bank? So and. Uh, this is it's all about you know at some point in time it will um uh, it will be depleted so it is important to make sure you secure the next um uh, you reach the milestones that investors want you to reach you need to show a specific um, um, yeah, specific development on the metrics that they want to mm-hmm. see, right? So that you can unlock, so that you can help to uh, founders to unlock this next level of the company, right? Mm. So this is, uh, mm. yeah, this is almost like a play in a video game, you know, like until you uh, get past the level one boss, you can't get to the level two challenges. So this is uh, this is basically the way how I see it. So as lean as possible, and um, so- if you can. Collaborate with two the point. external providers. Ah, exactly. So two two points. Product owner needs to be really hands on. It doesn't really make sense. The product lead is not hands on. And exactly. then as soon as 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 much as possible, work with external provider because you don't have a business model. It's, everything is yeah. up in the air. You don't. Hmm. That's exactly. very smart. Yeah, it's just like you need hmm. to you need to keep yourself lean. Right, so that you could, um, so that you could survive as long as as, as possible, right? And then in this case, like even working with them, uh, even working with with external providers, I would get more creative there. There are design agencies that would take equity in exchange, uh, like if you don't have cash, um, equity in exchange of of the work that they will deliver to help you to validate your. Um, um, to validate uh, your um, your hypothesis, like and to help you to build the um, the, um, uh, the your minimum viable brand or minimum viable product, whatever you need to to have in order to advance further in the market. That's right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, be as creative as you can, and um, yeah, the, keeps your eyes on the on the bank account and on the money. This is very important. Mm, that's very true. That was a, that's very true. That was that was the first. Um, that was the first, and that's why it's also it is uh, for some people it's just not fun to work in such environments, right? Because you have no. so many constraints, right? You and uh, and here's also like the thing. Maybe you asked me like who I would hire. I would also like to elaborate who I would not hire. There are uh-huh. people. <laughs> 
uh, there are people who um, who are great professionals. Normally, they are more senior, but they really like they know how the good work look like uh, looks like. So they uh, want to uh, take the time to do this work. Uh, the uh, thing with the pre-seed and the early stage is that very often you just do not have that. Right. So how do you make sure you can make decisions in this ambiguous environment where you are forced to make a decision? You need to place your bet somewhere. And here, like, I think fail fast is is a perfect approach. Right. It's a, like a framework that, that one can use um, because here, like the speed and the, like the like the speed and the number of experiments that you could run and then get like um uh, like data or like the first validations uh, points um that's where you could basically get that and people like who are you know great um, uh, let's call it this uh, professional track right um um who are great in this they tend to not be satisfied with the level of work that they are doing. Although that's exactly what the company needs them to do. So actually like early stage startup is also, is not about doing great job. Like a great job means fast, doing something fast, doing something with like, with a quality good enough that it can, you know, <laughs> can result in the learnings. And many people are just not comfortable with that. Like with, with doing mm -hmm. a shitty job. You know, but yeah. here doing this is better than perfectioning and like refining something and taking the time that it takes to do the good work. And that's that's what we know, right? Like good work just needs time to to do that. And uh, it, yeah, so that's, it, that's people I will keep for later. It's just a different mindset. I really want to like tap into this. Like if you can just like really go like talk about this i think that's a huge win for the audience it's like it's a different mindset i think first and foremost as an executor especially in early stage startup you need to be reaching to a self level of confidence and trust in your abilities and a level of easygoing and have this incremental mindset and yeah to be able to really survive this weather because it's not for everyone. At Grover, uh, I remember early days we had, look, Grover is a logistic monster product a company. It's, we just basically buy products, rent it to people, we finance, pre-finance it. So we had logistic nightmare. We had, I mean, I cannot really go in detail, but anyways, we just brought in a senior executive from Amazon to help us. He quit in three weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because it's madness, right? What the level of, of like of granularities and issues that you need to solve is like for those kind of people, it's like, you know, it's it's just a totally different game. They were building buildings and now you invite them to work on this Lego concept that you're, you know, uh, sort of <laughs> Uh, sort of um, uh, developing so it's like a totally different scale and they get frustrated when they can't this is a good thing like oh, this is like something that one needs to know like people who are capable of doing good job and that are aware of this 
when they are not empowered to do this job, they will get frustrated mm. and they will quit. And this is exactly mm. so. It is very important to understand which who which mind mind model like which mindset is in front of you and that's why it's extremely important to have a good hiring process so that you can be very transparent to to the yeah. candidates like what is actually the job about right mm. and uh, i i joined the go polls not because i'm like back then first day not because of the shiny title because i knew that means nothing <laughs> This means like they could call me VP of whatever, right? Or like or executive, like doesn't matter. Like the jobs that you need to do and the companies that what what company needs, this is the most important thing. So for those for the candidates, I would just really encourage them to dig deep to understand what the company really needs and what is the job mm. about and like what you are supposed to do on the job um, and to abstract from the titles uh, because this is really not important in the early stage world. I really love your uh, analogy. Yeah. A startup being a Lego, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of, trying different combinations see whether this house this way looks good or maybe i need to add a door to it not take out the door add some windows in there it's a constant 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 high pace level of mixing and remixing and throwing a lot of feeling and like throwing away ideas to be able to arrive at the skeleton not a building at the skeleton that's a okay, I can build something on top of this. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And this is exactly, and this is a beauty of it, right? And this is also a curse of it. And it's just, <laughs> we just need to know what you, like whether this, you need to try, whether this is for you or not. So that I think like it's, it's very, I would recommend anybody, like um, if, if they have an interest to, you know, um, to understand like what is there, where where they can deliver most value and whether the startup world is for them to have this experience in startup world just to know and uh, um, to take maybe like the pink glasses off because I think like startups is something cool it's something it's something dynamic it's vibrant it's like being part of something something potentially big and early on and um, it's it's a hard work <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> it comes at a price. Can I ask you, I mean, feel free to not say it. How many hours did you spend at the early days of Go uh, <laughs> to be able to put together this? It sounded like you easily would spend like 50 hours, 60 hours a week. And it's insane. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's, um, this is another thing, right? I, I don't remember when was the time that I would actually leave the office like at six like this is not this is not mm. early startup early stage startup is not a family friendly environment it's no. it's it's so if you are if you're going for it and you have a family and you have a and uh, you do not have like a partner uh who is willing to chip in and uh, uh for mm. for you this is not this is not the right place uh it's not 
it, it also doesn't have the securities that potentially like uh, that mm-hmm. potentially that one needs and uh, mm-hmm. yeah like i think 50 60 weeks like um, um our weeks this is uh, very very common and i would even say it's very close to the consultancy sort of yeah not not it's it still won't be like as I would say BCG or McKinsey's of the world, right? Um, so, or like investment banking early days, where uh, where like people would sleep in the office, right? I mean, let's 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 disregard the Twitter example, uh, right? When Elon take over, took over, uh, but definitely it is it is longer. It is not standardized uh, yeah. work hours, and that would be. Um, normally included in the contract as well so the overtime would yeah. be included in the contract and uh, i think um, yeah and uh, basically everybody needs to understand that this it's not a 40 hour job for sure yeah. especially also if you are the early stage like if you are leaders there um yeah so the work your work time is like as <laughs> as long as it takes you to do the job yeah. yeah, and then, you know, it's like, you know, the type of, I mean, I resonate with so much of what you, um, you know, your your character, I think we have, we share such a, um, uh, you have a strong entrepreneurial side, you know, I think people like us, when they take over responsibility, we're not letting go of it, we are going to own it and really deliver on it, it's just like, then the matter of the, the hours that we put in, we don't even like talk about it. We just like, we have to deliver it. This is our responsibility. And then I think you're challenge seeking people that, I don't know. I mean, sure. I don't know how to, how to verbalize it, but like I, I definitely like when I, when I remember my time at Grover, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., sometimes we will leave easily 60, 70 hours per week. And then, yeah, this is what it is. We have to do it. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I am working that over time. And no, it's just like the work needs it. I mean, if I don't do it, nothing else would would, would get done. You know, everything at that for that function centers around me. Exactly. And that's why there is a window for an opportunity in your career where you actually can afford doing that, right? Exactly. And it's like, um, yeah, this is, um, it's not, it's not wrong that startups are associated and then generally like the early stage startups like are associated with, uh, normally with the younger founders, with generally with younger teams, right? Who have this mental capacity, who have this physical capacity, who has no obligations to the outside world besides that. Um, and uh, yeah, like who are placing the bat on their time, investing it, and like into something that potentially is um, is out to will will pay off in the future. And this is like a lot about about that. And uh, yeah, the work the work is brutal, and the work hours are also um, are also there. And sometimes it's also the weekends. So. <laughs> Alice, uh, I'm not taking your time anymore. It's been a lovely, lovely 62 minutes of really organic conversation. I really appreciate that you came by. You have a very busy schedule. I'm really aware of it to share your hands-on experience with us. I would love to, hopefully, the time permits, to invite you again after summer, whenever you have time, to have a part two. We want to talk about a lot of other topics, branding side of things, how you sort of like did the rebranding of GoPost, which is, I'm really interested for the audience to hear it. Um, Thanks a lot. 
Yeah, my pleasure. And we'd love to chat again. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Ciao. Pleasure. Bye-bye.